Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Female Footballers Podcast. My name is Cassie Gray, and today I am thrilled because we have a really exciting guest that we're bringing you today. We have Aubrey McClinn. She is a 2008 female soccer player who plays goalkeeper for the Davis Legacy, and we are just so excited to have her. So welcome, Aubrey. Hi, so like Cassie said, I'm Aubrey McClellan and I'm 14. I'm a goalkeeper for the Davis Legacy OAECNL team and I'm on my region's ODP and PDP team and then I also recently just joined a WPSL team called the SC Nighthawks and I started playing soccer when I was about three years old and I've definitely enjoyed my experience playing it and like it's definitely like a really good experience. That's awesome. So this is our first time at Female Footballers having um, an actual female youth player on our podcast. And we wanted to do that because we want to hear from you about the mental side of the game. We want to make sure that we are representing your generation. We talk a lot about the different issues on the mental side. And very rarely do we feel like organizations do a good job of reaching out to the actual youth and hearing from kind of their side. Um, so Let's start with, you know, why are you passionate about the mental side of the game? Well, I think that there are many reasons, but one of them being recently I lost two important people in my life. One was my friend Emma, who was also a teammate of mine, and then also a fellow goalkeeper who was Katie Myers. Um, I realized how important it is to focus, to change the focus, not just on the athlete, but also on the whole person. Yeah, and I know that Katie Meyer was um, kind of a, a role model for you at Stanford, and that's we, we here at Female Footballers are um, devastated still from that loss, and it's been a really hard thing in the soccer community for everybody. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, you had talked to her, hadn't you? You had some experience with her? Um, yeah, we did talk um, a bit on social media, and we had some conversations, and we were talking about how like maybe I could go on her podcast and like go on and talk with her and then also like seeing her at like the ID camps and also like other camps that we were going to like she was telling me to come up and like we can like do some training together and it was all overall like we were just chatting back and forth and it was a really like good experience talking to her she was a super nice person that's awesome we're so it's such a sad situation and um, I think what's very interesting about it is that um, you're 14. When I was 14, this was not a topic in sport at all. And mm -hmm. you're now 14 within the realm of seeing many different athletes talking about mental health. Before you lost these important people in your lives, was this a topic discussed at home or at your, at your team level? Um, I definitely think I definitely have or like had now because tryouts, but um, I definitely think I had a really great coach. His name was Jesus. He was such a great role model and a great coach. Uh, he did a couple times bring me and my team to the clubhouse um, and we would just talk. Like one time we talked about like what was our greatest fear and I said this was before my friend committed suicide, but it was like losing someone that was important to me and like he was also very open and he's always like he's always very open with me and like he always likes talking to me about like just like random day life like he got me into the Premier League and we always talk about that go Manchester United but um, 
Um, an Arsenal fan. I don't know if you know. We're uh, <laughs> um, But I, I think I definitely got lucky with my coach. And then also with my family, we've definitely been open about talking about like how we're feeling. And I think that overall, I was just um, raised in a great experience and great area. So that's awesome. Yeah. I think many girls your age, um, it starts to creep up on, on the 14, 13, 14 age group um, because it starts to be very real. You know, I, we work with a lot of girls at female footballers starting at around age 10 and age 10. It's like the start of hearing these, it's very preventative. But by the time we work with girls, 13 and 14, it's very real. They've seen it. They feel it. Um, in your case, unfortunately, you lost some very important people in your life. And we're so sorry to hear that especially at such a young age. Um, speaking of that, I know that recently you wrote an article for uh, Girls Soccer Network kind of talking about the way that you're kind of um, helping the mental side of the game within your club. So could you tell us a little bit about this recent board meeting you attended and why and what you did there and kind of how that um, is related to this, these losses in your life? Yeah, so I went to, um, I did a board meeting with my club, and we talked about how I wanted to create a bag tag that had a QR code that leads to mental health resources and hotlines, and then they also were very open to putting this on their website, too, under resources, so that no matter, like, because I know, like, a lot of girls and boys around my age have phones, so we thought that it would be best to just have a quick and easy way to get to these resources. So even just going on their website or, like, scanning the QR code, they can easily get onto this. And I definitely think that the board really liked the idea, and they were very open to it. So I think that it's definitely going to be something that we're going to be working on over the year. That's awesome. I love that that came from you. Like that was an idea you had. You took it upon yourself to go to the board and talk to them. I think you're such a great role model for girls your age to hear that if you're not happy with something in your club setting and you go to your parents and your parents are helping as well, but that, that you can be that person. You can go to a board meeting and have a discussion with the board about something you're seeing. That's called self-advocating. And a lot of girls your age struggle to be self-advocating. And it's something that we teach at female footballers, but it's just something that girls need to know more of that they can you know, stand up for themselves. I know in the other worlds of social advocacy, like let's say for climate change, you have girls your age like Greta Thunberg who are out there doing you know, the work themselves and not waiting or, or, or expecting others to do it for them. And I think more and more girls in the soccer world your age need to start stepping up and speaking up like you do. And we're just so, and just so excited to see that a girl your age is, is self-advocating the way you are. So we're so proud of you. Thank you. Um, so going forward, you mentioned you play for the Nighthawks. I used to play for the Nighthawks, love them. Um, and that you, uh, you have ODP and PDP, and you're just trying out right now for a new team at Davis. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what's your, um, what are your goals for your future when it comes to not just playing, but being involved in the game of soccer? Um, so I definitely want to play professionally, but I also want to definitely like coach professionally too, because I think that just looking up to my coaches thinking like, if I could have girls look up to me in that way, I think that'd be amazing. So just coaching at any level 
mainly professionally though I think that'd be a great experience for me like I think that'd be just an overall like really good environment to be in and then also I want to like travel around the world because it's definitely been kind of a thing like I recently went to England and Ireland and I definitely loved it there and so I definitely like seeing like different places would be really interesting yeah that's awesome um, and we need more female coaches, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so I love that. And you're a goalkeeper. So would that mean coaching like goalkeeper training or are you looking at all sorts of um, I'm thinking of looking at both. Like I think goalkeeper is definitely a special position. Like you don't have many like people like specifically you go to, hey, when I grow up, I want to be a goalkeeper. Like you have people like going to striker, but I think there's just like that handful of people that definitely want to be a goalkeeper. So I think that coaching that and then just being involved in that environment would be good too. I was recently on a goalkeeping podcast where we discussed the mental skills and um, the guy I was speaking with um, at United Goalkeeping Association or Alliance, they were talking about just the role of being a goalkeeper on the mental side is so much more difficult. So do you think when you're talking about your future aspirations and coaching that the mental side would be a big part of that for you? Um, yeah, I think definitely, like, especially if I was going to be a coach, I think definitely involving, like, a mental, like, training part of the weekly training, especially um, the club I want to go to, like, uh, a club or, like, association I want to be with, would definitely, I want to, like, advocate that we would have, like, a mental, like, skills training, because I think that the mental side is something that not many coaches or clubs um, or programs really look at. Absolutely. We see the same thing. And it's, it's interesting how there's almost like a stigma around it. And it's yeah. like we have to re-educate even on what mental skills means, because there's words like um, mindset, mental skills, psychosocial, there's a lot of different terms. Mm-hmm. And some people even, you know, they put the nutrition and sleep within that realm of mental skills, when really that's more of your physical body, rather mm-hmm. than how you view your body. Um, which is more mental. And so it's like redefining, we have to really do a lot of work on re-educating um, before we can even start, you know, attacking it. So it's like really trying to get people on board, um, parents, coaches, and players to understand the importance. So when we hear somebody your age saying there's an importance, you see it, um, that's so gratifying for us because that's what we've been trying to do for a long time. Um, so a lot of the time, I do a lot of talks on summits and I work with a lot of different organizations. I interview people and I feel like I remember being your age and I feel like there's always grown-ups just talking about children and not everybody is always willing to listen to children. And I think that sometimes being a teacher, I'm a teacher in my day job. I have my own children as well, but I just think people are often quick to say what's right for kids without really remembering what it's like to be a kid. And most of the people in my generation and older have no idea what it's like to be a kid nowadays because we don't have social media. We don't have the same pressures. I didn't have a friend of mine at your age take their own life. Like these are things that we didn't deal with as much. Um, so I guess my, my kind of last question for you would just be, um, you know, what is one thing that you wish that grownups within the soccer world, coaches, parents, people like me who run organizations, the people at the U.S. Soccer Federation, what's one thing that you wish uh, they knew about playing, being a young player from your perspective when it comes to the mental side? Um, you know, what, what are your opinions and thoughts? What do you wish they knew? Um, I like, I think that it's just a lack of knowledge. And then also 
coaches and clubs have regarding the mental aspect of the game and the perceived lack of time um, to discuss this because they're training on the next big game um, and then their personal coaching habits. Um, and I get that everyone is not comfortable about talking about like their confidence, uh, their feelings and their self-worth because there's just like so much stigma around these things. So I think just changing that, like if they knew more and like just having more like mental skills trainings for weekly trainings, like even like one training, like every week could be a, such a big change in someone's life. I love that you just said perceived lack of time. That is like, you hit the nail on the head for us. When we work with organizations, we often, and different clubs, you know, like there's no time for this. And I'm like, you make time for the repetition with technical skill work, mm -hmm. tacticals. You know, you have classroom sessions weekly. A lot of these ECNL and GA programs that are high level, they make time for classroom sessions. You make time for your physical, you have a physical fitness instructor, somebody that comes in and and you know, takes you through the different, you know, preventative warm-ups, or you have fitness um, in a weekly or daily play, you know, manner. Yeah. But we're for some reason all of a sudden we don't have time for it. When really what we're seeing is, you know, players need that now more than ever. Mm -hmm. um, and um, what did you say before that? Now I can't remember. You said something before that that was um, for perceived lack of time. Um, I think you were relating it to the fact that. Um, coaches and and clubs and stuff like that they don't um they don't sort of reach and out personal they, coaching habits was it that again personal coaching habits yeah the personal yeah. just the coaching in general that there really isn't a lot of um education for coaches on a licensing level for example u.s soccer has maybe one course on the mental side united soccer coaches has i know one course for sure but even, even if you're educating coaches on like the mental side, you're still not educating them on childhood development. Yeah. As a teacher, I'm expected to know not just the standards that I teach and the content that I teach, but I also have to know about kids at every level. And I mm -hmm. think as for like what you just mentioned, coaches are not necessarily supported, but they're also not sure where to go when they need the help for how to deal with different scenarios and situations involving development of children and adolescents. So I think you hit the nail right on the head on both of those. So I hope you guys are listening. If you're a, a coach, if you work in a club setting, if you're even higher than that at the Federation, I hope that you're listening to Aubrey because she knows what she's talking about and she's 14. And I think a lot of our youth players know what they're talking about. They're the ones living it. They're the ones who are involved in it right now. And they're the ones being affected the most by it. So if you're out there listening, please, uh, if you're a parent, listen to your daughter, ask her the same questions that I just asked Aubrey. Ask her about you know, what you wish your coaches knew, what you wish the parents knew. Um, we can't thank you enough for, for doing this, Aubrey. We know that um, we, we'll be very honest with our listeners. This is the hour before you start school right now. You fit us in, which was awesome. You're incredibly busy. Can you give, I know that this wasn't something we discussed previously, but do you mind giving everybody a sense of your weekly schedule, how often you train or just, I think it's important that people know that as well. Um, so part, like, I think like just my weekly basis, I do, basically training every day but I think that that's just a personal thing that I like to do I'm not saying that every like person has to do that but I think that it's just something like just my love of the sport is so great that I feel like I just 
I can't live without playing a single game or just touching the ball. Like it was a day without the ball is crazy to me because I think that I do. So on like the week I would do three to four trainings um, and then also have a game on the weekend, which, and then also in school, like might have a presentation. And I know that's a lot of stress. And I think just having like coping mechanisms, like I listen to music in the car and I just sing along with it. Not saying that my thing is good, but <laughs> but I think just having coping mechanisms with um, if you feel like you have a stressful week, I think just having those coping mechanisms can really help. Absolutely. I think that's where we talk a lot with girls. We get a lot of questions about, you know, all of us at female footballers played collegiately and many of us play professionally. And I think that a lot of girls are scared about that, that next level and how rigorous it's going to feel and the schedules that you guys at your age are, are doing more than I think we all did. <laughs> At, our, at the college level, you train, like you said, three to four days a week with your club team, and then mm-hmm. a game or two on the weekends, tournaments off, and that's not including ODP, PDP, WPSL, and then I know you personally also do physical type of training, like at 5.30 in the mornings, I follow you yeah. on Instagram, so there's, you know, it's it's an intense, rigorous schedule, so definitely those coping mechanisms are huge, Yeah. and um. I love that you put a lot of extra time in because you're passionate. I think that's what gets girls to the next level is the passion mm-hmm. more than sometimes more than the extra time and effort put in. If you don't have that passion. You're not going to put that extra time in. So awesome. Well, thank you. Cause I know this is, um, I'm using up a lot of your time. So I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. We've been wanting to connect with you for a while. We're just so thrilled and proud of, of what you you're doing for the sport, for goalkeepers, for girls, your age, for the mental side of the game, for your friend, Emma, um, and for Katie. I think that um, it's really, really um, commendable and we're just really proud of you and grateful to know you and have you involved. If you guys didn't know, Aubrey is our high school ambassador and um, she is there to kind of help us consult with us about girls at her level. And um, we're here to help her and give her the guidance and mental skills necessary if she needs it. And um, if you are also listening and interested in being a high school ambassador, please reach out to us, DM us on Instagram, send us an email, cassie at femalefootballers.org, check out our website. Um, like I said, we are so grateful. Thank you so much for being on today, Aubrey. Yeah, thank you. We really appreciate it. Um, if you Thank you so much to our listeners for taking the time to listen today. We truly appreciate it. Please tune in next week and uh, we'll see you again later. <laughs>